Blog Talk Radio. Black Politics Today. An eye for what's at stake in global politics. And your source for the social, economic, and political impact of public policy on the African American community. Your host, Kelly Michael Williams, is a political strategy veteran with an undefeated campaign record and the political experience that spans 20 years from Mayor Willie Brown in California to President Bill Clinton in our nation's capital. So get ready for a fresh and honest approach on the politics that affect you and your family the most. Now, your host, Kelly Michael Williams. Hello and welcome to the show. As we get started with the show today, I just want to welcome our first-time listeners and to share with you a few housekeeping tips to help you as you listen in. If by chance you decide that you would like to ask a question or make a comment on today's show, you can do so by calling 714-242-5143. Again, that's 714-242-5143. And selecting the prompt number one, and join the conversation. If you're listening to the show via the call-in number and you do not wish to join the conversation, please do not select the option one. Only if you desire to join the conversation should you select that. That will help us so we can make sure that the callers who are calling in can get their questions or comments heard. Today we will focus on the ever-increasing issue within the black community and the number one reason for the overpopulation in our nation's prison system. It has become the proverbial thread that has become woven into the social fabric in almost every predominantly black community. Over the years, the drug game has become arguably the number one employer among uneducated, unemployed black males living in the inner cities across America. It has also become the number one enticer for the privatization of many prison systems in America. The majority of the inmates in the criminal justice system today are therefore narcotics. The conviction rate among African Americans is twice as high as those who are white. And within the prison population, African American men make up more than 70% of the inmates in prison. It's not often you find a sophisticated woman in South, a sophisticated woman to become South Central's top organized crime figure and yet my guest today became just that. She was a high school track star on her way to the Olympics when her life was interrupted by the man who ultimately introduced her to what became a life of crime and living on the run. My guest, Mika Thompson Harrison, the queen pin as she's known, was featured on American Gangster, IDTV, and many local television news networks, and most recently, and probably her most proudest achievement, was on the Trinity Broadcasting Network, TBA, sharing her testimony of redemption and evangelism. Jamika once worked to sell drugs, hungry for the money. Now she works for the Lord, hungry for their souls. Please join me in welcoming the Queen Pen, Jamika Thompson Harrison. Hello, Jamika. How you doing? Jamika. Seem to be having some technical difficulty.
The book she wrote, Queen Pen, is recently authored and is on Amazon.com. If you wish to go to Amazon.com, you can go there and you can certainly listen to, uh, read about all that Jamika's done. She, she started out very young. She was in high school when uh, she got caught up in the game. And through high school and her life running on the street with her uh, drug dealer boyfriend, who then became her husband, it was quite a, a task for her to continually uh, look and do what she was doing. But somehow, some way, uh, Jamika was not only uh, able to continue, but rose in the game, as they say. We're going to try to fix uh, technical difficulty here, and we'll be right back. You're listening to Black Politics Today, an eye for what's at stake in global politics and your source on social, political, and economic impact on public policy on the African-American community. Now, here's your host, Kelly Michael Williams. Okay, let's see if we have that technical difficulty straightened out. Jamika, are you there? Yes, I'm here, Kelly. Oh, great, great, good. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. And thanks for having me. It's always it's a my pleasure. It is my pleasure. I'm glad to have you. I'm glad you took time out today and uh, allowed us to uh, ask you a few questions, talk to you about uh, what's going on in your life now, the book. Uh, the, the interviews and everything that's happening with you. Tell us, Jamika, what was it that uh, got you started in, in, in this game that, that so many of us have, have known about, lived through? Um, you know, some even have family members or ourselves who are in the game itself. What what got you started in this game? I think when um, I was dating um my high school um, sweetheart, um, he had a lot of money. And um, the more money he had, once I got to know him, I wanted to have money too. And I wanted more than what my parents could give me because I've seen other people that had more than me. And basically it's like, you know, trying to keep up with the Joneses instead of, you know, um, being appreciative of what I had, I wanted more than what I had because what I've seen in my neighborhood. Right. And I think that's probably what goes on a lot. As I as I mentioned in my intro, many of the drug dealers that we know are usually males. So the, the, the flash and flab will usually attract them. But it's interesting to know that it also attracted you uh, in that sense to where that's where you gravitated to the to the man that you were dating or, or your high school sweetheart. Yes. Yeah. So how old were you when you when uh this all occurred? How old were you? I was um actually fifteen years old when I met um Daff, which was my boyfriend at the time, um, 
I had just graduated from ninth grade, getting ready to go to the tenth grade, and that summer I met him. And um, I ended up falling in love with this guy that was a hustler. He was a gambler, and he was a hustler. He used to sell weed and um, went on weed to sell, you know, cocaine later on down the line. And um, it, it went, one thing went to another. And um, he got killed in the game, and I continued to, to move in the game, and it became uh, my life. So actually um, selling drugs um, and having money, I felt then gave me power. Uh-huh. And um, the money began to control me. The more money I had, the more money I made, the more I wanted to make. And actually right. I got greedy in the game. And that is something that you say, I believe, in your book is is what happens with most of the uh, guys who are in the game is that they get greedy with it and, and want to move on further or, or become more powerful because, as you mentioned, the more money you got, the more you wanted, the more powerful you felt. Right. And, is that um, right? And that life at that time um, is, is like a control you know, with money, you uh-huh. had power you felt, and you felt you had the control, and people would do and say anything that you would ask them to do. So when my husband got killed in the game, you know, I began to take the game to another level. And um, I didn't even realize then that I was a woman operating in a man's world, which, you know, became one of the biggest, I became one of the biggest women drug dealers in the world. So when I was featured right. on American Gangster, um, they did a nationwide search, and they were looking for women with redemption stories that were drug dealers, and I was the only woman in the world that was sharing her testimony nationwide that um, was a big drug dealer and came out, of it, came out of it alive to tell my story. So I'm actually blessed to be alive today to share my, sto- my story of redemption and hope that people can change, change because God did give me a second chance. And that's the the powerful story that I that I want you to tell and, and get to because I want the, the listeners to understand that we're not propping up, you know, the game that you were in. We're propping up God and what He did to you and with you um, as a result of Him pulling you out of the game, where most end up dying in it or spending a life of prison in it. And even at that, uh, you you were able to you were eventually arrested, you did go to prison, um, but you you uh, was able to come out of that and, and come out what I have seen uh, coming to know you personally and, and what I certainly uh, remember in reading in, in your book was just, I mean, amazing, amazing to me. And that's why um, I, I wanted you on the show and that's why I tell everyone um, whenever I, I can or when I'm hearing stories or talking about things, I'm like, you, you got to hear this story. You got to read about this. You have to meet this woman uh, because it's certainly a story, a powerful testimony that God has given you to to talk about. What, uh, when, when, when you were there, how did you, I mean, how did you establish the credibility to be this, this you know, worldwide, a woman in 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 this man's game to to even be able to survive. 
Well, um, Kelly, to be um, really honest with you, um, God had a purpose and plan for my life from the foundation of the world, and I didn't understand that until I was incarcerated. And when I was incarcerated, I can remember my grandmother praying for me, and I remember my grandparents made me go to church, made me go to vacation Bible school, made me go to Sunday school, made me go to evening service, but I didn't understand about having a relationship with God. So when I was mm-hmm. in the world and I was doing things of the world, um, when my husband got killed, I would go to the different um, big fights in Vegas, and I would meet some of the most powerful drug dealers nationwide that would be at the different fights, the Mike Tyson fights, the Holyfield fights, the Sugar Ray Leonard fights, the Tommy Hearn fights. And I would meet um, big drug dealers that would be at those fights. And some of those drug dealers became my friends. So I became international after my husband died, and I began to travel the world, Miami, Detroit, Atlanta, St. Louis, Chicago. And I would meet a man in every one of those cities, but I would never tell them who I really was. You know, it was a game that I played. But to take you back to when I was in that um, holding cell, because my grandmother instilled God in me when I was a little girl, I had enough sense to call on the name of Jesus when I was in that holding cell. I was in isolation for almost 18 months, and I was like, Lord, if you really God, get me out of this mess because I have no control here. The control is I lost control, and I called on the name of Jesus. And I said, Lord, if you get me out of this mess, I would serve you until the day I die. And so that's when I began to read my Bible, to pray, to fast, and to seek God and to knowing for myself. So in that holding cell and isolation, that's where my personal relationships began with God. It wasn't mama. It wasn't no grandmama. It wasn't nobody there but me and God. And I had an encounter with God. And I, and I began to know God for myself. And every chance I got, I would tell everybody about a man named Jesus that came into my heart and saved me and kept me in my right mind and sustained me. That's powerful, Tamika. That's very powerful. Because I, I remember reading in, in, uh, in your story, you said that it was probably after you actually got convicted. And I want you to tell that story about the, 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 the whole court proceeding and process, but after you got convicted and you went to, to prison, it was like um, you started evangelizing immediately once you got in there. Yes. Immediately after um, going to trial and being found guilty, and, you know, I was looking at 25 to life, but by the um, the grace of God and his mercy, I was only sentenced to 15 years. And on those 15 years, I should have did 13. But God let me out after 12 years because I was able to get in the drug program and get a year off of my sentence. And so while I was incarcerated, um, you know, I began to evangelize and minister and lead people to Christ and pray for people and prophesy and just speak a word of encouragement to people and say, you know, this shall pass, not knowing um, that I was um, preaching or, you know, ministering. I didn't even know what it was. And God, you know, he started assuring me in Jeremiah 1. He said, I ordained you from the beginning of the world. And I was like, God, you called me to minister, and then I would follow different ministers, Chuck Swindoll, Charles Stanley, Tony Evans, T.D. Jakes, and Susie Owens. I was watching them from Woman Die Loose and different people like that. 
on TV, and I would just get fed the word of God. And what God would impart in me, I would take it back to different people that didn't even know God and, and lead them to the Lord. And so I started ministering, and I would meet thousands of women while I was incarcerated. And what broke my heart the most, because there were so many women in jail behind a man that they didn't tell on or something like that, and they were doing time, and the man was at home. So I would begin to pray for these different women, and then as God would move me from prison to prison, um, I would keep in contact with these women, and I would write them, you know, whatever prison they was at. um, God had allowed me to set up a P.O. box on the street where I would have them write me because in, in, in reality, you don't even supposed to write another woman. But God had planted in me ministry while I was incarcerated to write to women and uh, while I was incarcerated. So I would write to these women and encourage them, hold on, keep the faith. Jesus loves you. John the Baptist, he came to pave the way, but I'm alive to tell you there is hope. You know, and God kept me in my right mind. And so I didn't know that up on my release, when I got released from prison, I was preaching in there. I was ministering in there. And immediately, you know, God would let, not let me share my testimony while I was incarcerated. He would not let me tell nobody why I was in there. He said, because you're going to share your testimony around the world. And, I, and God said, you're going to write a book. You're gonna um, you're gonna have a movie. And everything that God has told me and, and showed me the vision, it's happening. It's coming to pass. Everything. And when God sets you up, you don't have to go looking for your blessings. Your blessings will come looking for you. Amen. Amen. Now tell us about your book. Um, as I said, I, I was telling the listeners while we were having technical difficulties of, of getting your call on that uh, it's it's in Amazon. It's on Amazon.com. You uh, recently released it uh, about a year ago, uh, I believe. Um, dynamic book. I mean, it's it's as as I guess they say. I'm getting chills just talking about it right now while while I'm saying it. it it's a page turner. Uh, I remember yeah. when you uh, gave it to us, uh, my daughter and I, and how um, I mean, literally, we read that book in probably like two weeks. I, I've never read a book in two weeks before, <laughs> but that book I couldn't put it down. I could not put it down because it was. It was so fascinating, so interesting, and and just so powerful how how God used you. But just the dynamics of where you came from it and what you went through, and how you came out on the other side, and and how God can do anything with anybody. It, it was just it, it was just so amazing. Tell tell us about your book. Well, you know, when I was incarcerated, I began to journal from the very beginning. And God would have me to write different things down um, that I would do. And he said, you would write a book and you would tell your story. So when I came home, um, I met a young man that I knew from the drug world. And he said, you need to write a book. And immediately God just started um, sending us to the right place at the right time. And so we were able to um, to write the book Queen Pen. And let me tell you, when, um, when we wrote um, Queen Pen, it it just um it helped me go to the next level in the Lord. 
because it showed me that I was delivered because things that I shared in Queen Pen, I wouldn't want I wouldn't say it to nobody. But when I uh when I read my book I laughed, I smiled and I cried and it told me that uh, releasing my, my story to the world was showing the world she's really delivered because there's no shame in what I went through. It was a lot of pain, but through the pain I got the victory through God. Because he right. brought me out, he sustained me, he he purified me, he kept me in my right mind. So, um, you know, I would tell the audience today, you know, read the book Queen Pen because, you know, you can just see how, you know, God brought me out and, and how lives are being touched and ministered through my story because it's a lot of women, it's a lot of men that have a story like mine, but until you've been delivered, people don't like to share their story. But when you deliver it, it's nothing to be ashamed about what God allowed you to go through because now I see it wasn't just for me. It's for other people too. Right. Right. Now, you wrote this book, and, I, and I, if I remember correctly, uh, it took you about nine nine months to write, uh, somewhere like that. But and I, I don't know if this is, you know, well, let me just go on and say it because, hey, it's my show. Your husband actually wrote this book. My husband actually wrote my book. God, um, you know, as we, you know, God sent us a wonderful man to uh, to get the deal done, but God allowed my husband to to um, to hear my voice and capture my story because my new husband now, Champ, Champ Harrison, he um, been, I knew him from the drug game, so he knew who I was before I became who I am today. So as God used right. him, we prayed over every word in Queen Pen, and um, we see lives and souls being touched from people that's reading the book of Queen Pen. Where I mean, I've had so many um, actresses, you know, contact me because God said you're gonna um, you're gonna have a movie deal. You're gonna um, your your book is a movie. And, uh, you know, instead of me going to look for people, people are contacting me. And God has, you know, put me in touch with some wonderful women that's going to help me take my story to the next level. That's amazing. That's amazing. So how many doctor degrees does uh, Champ have? We only, both of us just have a high school diploma. He graduated from high school. And when he wrote the book, he knew that it wasn't nothing but the Holy Spirit. That spoke I mean, him. I need you to say that again, Jamika. I said, how many doctorate degrees does Champ have? Champ does how not many have master's one degrees. Champ has how many no doctor's degrees, degrees, no master's degrees, no bachelor's degrees. He only has a high school diploma, but a the Holy Spirit spoke diploma. through him. Girl, you better talk it out. You better talk it out. <laughs> Say it again. The Holy Spirit spoke <laughs> to my husband. And when I tell you we prayed over every word, we prayed that whoever picks up Queen Pen, that their life would be touched, their life would be changed. Well, I can certainly every time testify I read, that. Every time I go back and read my book, I laugh, I smile, I cry, because I can't believe that that person was me. Well, I can't believe it. I, I I have to tell you when when you know when we first met, what three, four, five years ago, um, and you told me about the book. You said, you know, I'm writing a book and it's going to come out, 
And I remember when we met, you talked about it. I was like, okay. Because, you know, I think I shared with you, I'm in the process of writing my book and my story as well. And then uh, the following year when we came back uh, to L.A. and you had the book there and you, and you, you know, graciously provided a copy to, to me and my daughter, um, I was amazed. I was, I was just shocked. And then as I read it, because obviously your book is authored by you and, and another individual, but I was amazed after I read it and then we talked and you told me that your husband, Champ, had written the book. Now, of course, knowing knowing you and, and Champ, I was like, Champ wrote this book? Champ wrote this book? You've got to be kidding me. Champ? I mean, the 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 storyline, you know, like, and, and most people talk about, um, I think it's Joan Collins and, and uh, um, the other gentleman who writes books, I can't think, uh, Sheldon, um, and how their storylines are so intertwined and how they can write these series of books, literally. I mean, like you said, the Holy Spirit touched Champ and, and touched his spirit to, to be kindred with yours so that he can write the, and the passion for what you were living, what you were experiencing and how you were sharing it. It is amazing. It is amazing. And like you said, when you read it over again, you see the person in the book and you look at yourself, you're like, these people aren't the same people. He, 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 no. This, I can't believe that I was this woman, and and I have to, and I look back and I'm looking at you like you know as I see you now I'm like there's no way this was you, but to know it was you and to know who you are now as I know you, it's amazing what God has done through you with you and in you. It's just amazing. I I can't tell you how how proud I am of you, how happy I am for you. And uh, I, when we come back, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, when we come back, I, I want you to talk about that next level that you're going through, not only through ministry, but the doors that God is opening up for you uh, with this, with your, with your testimony in the different books. And, and don't be modest. Let's name some names of these people who are sitting out there trying to help you because I want people to know that as you're sitting here talking, I was listening to you when you said that, that you're not going to find them. They are coming to find you. And that is something that I have heard over and over again, and I'm sure most of our listeners have heard over and over again, that when God's plan for your life begins to manifest itself, you don't have to go looking for it. It's going to come looking for you. So we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. And I want you to pick up from right there. You're listening to Black Politics Today, an eye for what's at stake in global politics and your source on social, political, and economic impact on public policy on the African-American community. Now, here's your host, Kelly Michael Williams. This afternoon, we're talking to Jamika Thompson Harrison, also known as the Queen Pen. She was featured on American Gangster, their television show, as well as ID Television and um, a n- number of local news uh, stations. She's been interviewed quite extensively here lately uh, as her book and her former lifestyle uh, become more readily known across the country. 
she's in the process now of, of not only promoting her book, but also uh, doing what God has called her to do, which is evangelize and tell her testimony and share the mercies and graces of God as well as God's redemptive salvation and all that he does and how God can redeem anyone. Anyone can be redeemed if you choose to be redeemed, if you choose to seek his face and to seek and repent and ask God to forgive you, he will forgive you. He will open up his arms and take you in. He will do exactly what he said he would do. Because I know, Jamaica, you mentioned uh, Jeremiah and uh, spoke about that. And I I realized that as he talks about the plans I have for you, the plans, you know, to bring you, the plans are, are good and not evil to bring you to an expected end. I know those are things that obviously have crossed your mind and have, have brought you to realize that God's hand was certainly on your life. Yes. Jamika? Yes, I'm here. Are you there? Uh, looks like we've lost our call. But I'm here, certainly I I'm know here Kelly. Can you hear me? With all, God has has certainly made a, a way for all of us, all of us to be redeemed, to to come back to where we started from with him. Uh, God God doesn't, you know, God allows certain things to happen to us in life to one get our attention, to to cause us to reconsider, to come back to him, to think. And it's amazing how we hear so many stories of his redemptive power of people who uh, were lost, who were, uh, you know, involved in, in crime or drugs or were out on the streets. Uh, there's so many stories that we've heard and, and people's testimonies that we've heard that tells us that when you hold on to Jesus, yes. He can make everything all right. Because I Amen. myself have known the fact that when I lost everything and, and had nothing, that it was only God who kept me. And I didn't know which way to turn or which way to go. It was God who kept me. And it was it was through him that I was able to get back on my feet and stand up and and uh, uh, get back to work, losing a job and, and losing my home and losing my car and everything and, and having no money and sleeping in the back of my car. I understand exactly what uh, what it means. And it's not anything necessarily that I did wrong. Maybe I did, maybe I didn't. But it was just something to where I had to depend on God. I was depending on me. I was depending on my God. And God wasn't my source. And he taught me how to use him as my source and not look at the resources that he uses to bless me with as my source. And I think that's something that uh, we sometimes get confused with. And we look at 
our job as our source or our our, our car, our spouse, or whatever it is is our source, and those aren't the sources that we have. God is our source. He just provides us with different resources to bless us with or to favor us with to allow us to to live this life here on earth that uh, is uh, oftentimes complicated, convoluted, and, and so much so that uh, we end up uh, falling for uh, what we call the okie-doke of, of life and not depending on God and start depending on ourselves and all the things around us. We're going to take a quick break as we try to reconnect with uh, Jamika Thompson-Harriston, the Queen Pen, uh, here live on Black Politics Today. to Black Politics Today, an eye for what's at stake in global politics and your source on social, political, and economic impact on public policy on the African-American community. Now, here's your host, Kelly Michael Williams. All right, we're back. Jamaica, are you there? Kelly, yes, I'm here. I can hear everything you're saying. Oh, great, great. Um, so let's pick it up from there and talk to us about the um, the book. And I mean, well, you talk to us about the book, but talk to us about the the next level where where God is taking you and what He's doing and how He's using you. Well, the next level is um, me, you know, doing my movie. And um, a few a few years ago, when I was released from prison, I had a vision board and I started putting things on the vision board. And so um, when my book was released, uh, different people had contacted me, and they said, you know, I want to play you in the movie. And um, and I began to pray, and I said, Lord, um, who could play me that would give you the glory? And so within two months, you know, I can't um, release the name right now. Right. But um, the, the world will know who, who this young lady is. But God told me that this young lady would uh, be able to play me in the movie and that she will give God the glory because she loves the Lord. And not and shortly after I prayed that and I wrote that in my journal, not even two months later, the young lady that God showed me in my spirit that I had on my vision board contacted me. So me and her are getting to know each other and um, spending time with each other and, and praying and seeking God on, you know, what direction and what to do and how to do. So um, very soon the world will know, you know, more about who I am and my story and, and lives and souls will be touched. Not just, you know, people that know the Lord, but people that don't know. I want to reach the unreachable, the untouchable, the ones that, you know, people right. um, don't minister, the ones that people have forgotten about. So that's what my story, about me telling my story to the world is, is, is about kingdom agenda. People that don't, unchurch people, people that don't go to church. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of mm-hmm. times when I'm out and about, you know, Game bangers will stop me and say, hey, that's queen pen. You know, God bless you, you know, because they can see, you know, the anointing on my life because God has totally transformed me to a different person, right. uh, the person who I used to be. I can't even believe that I'm this new person. So God is doing great, great things in my life. He's opening doors that nobody could have opened 
but him. Right. He had answered prayers that nobody had answered but him. And I believe uh-huh. in the power of prayer, you know. And, and you know, it just builds my faith that what he said, he's doing. It's amazing that you talk about how, you know, men who are still out there on the street and, and, and doing their thing, they recognize you and say, God bless you to you. And and yet they're still out there doing their thing, um, but they recognize what's in you and they recognize what's on you. And I've, I've, I've always uh, admired that about you and how you carried yourself um, in spite of your past. Because most times, most of us, Allow our past to 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 uh, trap us and bind us to where we can't release ourselves to to really walk and walk upright, walk straight, and and walk with confidence. But you you mentioned that earlier too. You said that once you were able to write it out and go through this process, you were delivered. So you were able to do that, and you, and, and you can do that. It's it, it's. It's a, uh, a different outlook that you have when you look through your vision now, look through your eyes now than it was before. That that vision has changed and that outlook has changed. Well, you know, the Bible says, Kelly, that who the Son sets free is free indeed. So I'm free and I'm loose, you know, from my chains that I'm able to share my story. And, you know, okay. God... Um, the word of God says that he will never leave you nor forsake you. And he said, if you abide in me, I would abide in you. Whatever you ask and desire shall be done to you. He said, seek me and you will find me. You know, so I stand on his promises because his word will accomplish what he pleased and it cannot come back void. You know, and I just keep my eyes on Jesus. And the more I keep my eyes on Jesus, the more he opens doors for me. And I don't compromise the gospel of Jesus Christ. I don't compromise. You know, when I was in the world, I lived like the world. Now I'm in Jesus, I live like Jesus. That's it. That's it. Tell us about your your ministry, Second Chance Ministry, and how you got started with that and and, and what you're doing. Second Chance Ministry is a nonprofit ministry where I minister to women only. You know, my husband... um, He's um he's beginning to minister, you know, more to the men because we do prison ministry. And so um, for about five years I used to write to men and women in prison, but the Holy Spirit showed me that, you know, a lot of men get letters in prison, but women don't. And so my heart began to weep because I know when I was incarcerated, I used to get letters every day, but it was a lot of women in there that never got letters. So the Holy Spirit said, write to the women that's incarcerated. So that's what I do. Um, I started writing while I was incarcerated, and then when I came home, you know, the Lord birthed my ministry out. I gave birth to ministry, and I began to write the women that I left behind. And then as I, you know, share my testimony, and, you know, I have a website, um, Second Chance Evangelist Ministry. Um, Women go to my website, and people that's in the free world will go to my website and say, could you write my sister, can you write my mother, can you write my cousin, my daughter is in jail. And so that's what I do. I write to women that's incarcerated every single month to send them a letter to encourage them. And I write them myself personally. You know, I try to send some of them birthday cards if I know their birthday. But my heart 
business with the women that's incarcerated because you have men that get business all the time, but the women don't get business. You know, women are right. um, forgot about once they're incarcerated, and I didn't realize that until I came home. It was a lot of times when I was in prison, I would be the only one in the visiting room having a visit. And you got over 2,000 women on that same compound, and I'm the only woman in the business room. So I have mm. a heart for the women that's incarcerated. So um, that's what Second Chance doing. There's a lot of the women that come to the Los Angeles area that um, are getting released from prison, I'm able to help them, you know, with clothes and hygiene and the things that they need um, for enough for at least, you know, two to three weeks to get back on their feet, shoes and, you know, personal things that they need. Amazing. Amazing. So now I know that you go around the, the local Los Angeles area, and then I think recently you were in Dallas or, or, or traveling uh, uh, around uh, doing ministry. Tell us that how uh, the opportunity for you to get on TBN uh, came about and, and, and that experience, and, and if we could uh, maybe even go on to the archives and watch the show uh, on TBN's network Tell us about that opportunity that, that the Lord blessed you with. Well, a lot of times um, it's amazing how God works. Um, I don't do anything, like I was saying earlier, you know, um, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And um, people will come out of nowhere and um, ask me to come, you know, and share my testimony. And, and it just, it's mind-blowing to me because it's nothing that I do. But when TBN, you know, emailed me, they sent the email and they said, you come highly recommended to come on TBN and share your testimony. These are the dates we have available. When can you come? And when I tell you that I know it wasn't nothing but God, you know, and, and, and what was amazing about me going on there sharing my testimony, they had Bishop McClendon interviewing me. And I can remember when God had released me to go out in the highways and the byways um, I went to Bishop McClendon Church, never met him, and um, it was like 2,000, 3,000, you know, people in his church, and out of that, out of all those people, he called me and my husband up to the altar, and he said, I can't preach anymore. You are so anointed. He said, oh, you came for something, and he spoke a word into me and my husband's life, and the word was, you don't have to go looking for nothing. They're going to come looking for you. And exactly what he spoke into my life is what happened. So for him to interview me on TBN, he said, I know you from someplace. And I said, you spoke into my life. And I began to tell him what he said. He said, when he seen my picture, he said, who is this young lady? I know her. He seen me one time, prophesied to me, and didn't see me anymore until he interviewed me on TBN. So, um, and it wasn't him that recommended me to be on TBN. I don't know who it was, but when they emailed me, they said, you come highly recommended. Only God can send somebody highly recommended. And so um, lives and people were touched but just by me sharing um, just a tad bit of my testimony, you know, the emails and the calls and the letters I got after that and um, the different speaking engagements. And so when I left there, they said, you will be back. Praise God. That's amazing. That's amazing. I, I'm sure it was uh, a surprise and shock to, to uh, Bishop McClendon when he saw you and realized what he had done. How many more years ago? How, how long ago was that when, he, when you first went that to was, his church? 
I went to his church January 22nd, 2012. Okay, okay, a year And ago. I did the interview a year ago, and I was on TVN May the 18th, 2013. And what he wow. prophesied, you know, I get phone calls from, you know, um, producers and uh, people that want to write my movie. And and God wouldn't let me move. You know, I had people like Taraji P. Henson, you know, saying, I want to play you in the movie. Me alone, I want to play you in the movie. But God wouldn't let me move. You know, it's a, a movie that just came out. I'm in love with a church girl. The producers of that, they called me. God wouldn't let me move. But when I said, Lord, whoever is going to do this movie, whoever's going to play me, show me them. And I began to write their name down, and I began to pray, and God had them to contact me. And, 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 and God has been so good to me that, you know, my prayer every day is, Lord, sharpen my discerning spirit and to keep me humble. You know, we just got back from um, Woman That I Lose. I went to Woman That I Lose. My husband went to Megafest, and it's just amazing. We're just regular people, and every night I sit, on the floor at um, Woman Dilute, you had over um, 50, 60,000 uh, women in this arena. And um, the, the close of night, I'm sitting behind Sarita Jakes, Tyler Perry, another actress, and myself and my husband on the second row. Who can do that but God? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, no yeah. ask questions. You know, you come sit right here. And I can remember when I, the first time I met T.D. Jakes, and uh, T.D. Jakes said to me, he said, um, I said, T, I said, Bishop Jakes, I would love to give you a copy of my book. And he said, he looked at it and he said, who's Queen Pen? And he said, you're Queen Pen? And I said, yes, sir, because he can see the transformation on what my, co- my book cover said to who, what I look like now. Yeah, what I look like now. <laughs> so all he can do is laugh and say, you're not queen, Pen. But, you know, God have you know, um, put me in um, some wonderful arenas to uh, to share my testimony. Um, Bishop Noel Jones Church, you know, it's just a blessing and an honor to, um, you know, be in his pulpit at 11 o'clock service. Um, um, Susie Owens and Bishop Owens, you know, I'm at their church doing two services, you know, um, Bishop Owens, um, he didn't even know me. He didn't even really know my story. And he said, I would love for you to share your testimony. Can you do it in eight minutes? I said, yes, sir. That's right. I remember I was there. Wonderful men and women in my life that, you know, many, many people try to. And and these are pastors. Don't don't let everybody get behind their pulpit. But God. That's right. That's right. Nothing but the Lord. So I'm very grateful and humble, very grateful and humble for the things that the Lord is doing. To God be the glory for the things that he has done and is going to do. Because certainly God is working a marvelous thing in your life, and he's certainly doing wonders. And he's doing exactly what he said he was going to do. He's going to keep his promise. 
He's not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. So everything he says will come to pass. And that is something that I think that uh, all of us, uh, present company included, have to remember and, and stay focused on because you are truly an example of how you can stay seated and, and, and stay put even when so much is coming at you that many of us would have jumped at. I mean, I don't know too many people who would, you know, turn to Raji P. Henson away when they come into her saying, I want to play you uh, or Nia Long, especially given their uh, their resumes and their acting resumes, and especially uh, 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 Taraji and, and what she's been doing lately. Not, not too many people would say, thank you, I appreciate that, but I got to sit still until God tells me to move. Most people would have just, you know, oh, great, wow, really, wow, let me move. But you listening and hearing the voice of God tell you to sit, wait, and then the praying spirit that you have to to ask God, you know, show me who's going to give you the glory. Most yeah. would probably say, show me who's going to show me the money. You know, we'll go back to <laughs> uh, 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 um, Cuban Jr. and, and, and uh Tom Hank, uh, Tom Cruise, you know, show me the money. But I yeah. admire that spirit in you, and I admire that 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 level of maturity that you have to stay put and not be moved uh, by the, the 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 waves that come at you. Because obviously, you are being circled and surrounded by many people in the in the Hollywood industry or in movies that certainly have the wherewithal and capabilities of being able to to take this and, and write it and do it and, and, and take your story and do something with it. But I admire the fact that you have uh, held on to God's promises and his will for your life and, and, and decided to do it the way that he has orchestrated for it to be done and not just decide to run out there and do it yourself. That that in and of itself, Jamaica, is just so powerful. That's a powerful statement and a testimony to you as a woman of God and a person who recognizes and sees exactly where God is moving and how he's moving and what should be done. I'm going to take a, another quick break here, and, and we're going to wrap up here in a, in a few. Uh, with a, Certainly, if you want to join in and, and, and ask some questions of, of uh, Jamika, feel free. Call us at 714-242-5143. 714 242-5143. We'll be right back. You're listening to Black Politics Today, an eye for what's at stake in global politics and your source on social, political, and economic impact on public policy on the African-American community. Now, here's your host, Kelly Michael Williams. All right, we're here with Jamika Thompson Harrison, uh, author of Queen Pen, a memoir of her life. She is also the uh, founder, CEO of Second Chance Ministry. She's evangelist, Jamika Thompson Harrison. Uh, I, I should have uh, properly addressed her in that fashion. I apologize, Jamika, for not doing so. 
Oh, it's okay. I go by Jamaica. (laughs) (laughs) She's well known um, across the country for her story. Uh, As we mentioned earlier, her her, uh, story was featured on American Gangster and ID television, uh, most recently last week, in fact, um, which I have TiVo'd and and recorded. Uh, Every time something comes on about you, Jamaica, I I TiVo and record it all, and I I keep it in... and just hold on to it because uh, knowing you has been a blessing for me. And uh, my daughter loves you to death. I mean, my daughter, she's <laughs> she loves you to death. I mean, after meeting you and then reading your book, she, you know, like everyone and anyone, and I, I strongly encourage everyone who's listening uh, tonight, get on Amazon.com, order that book, Queen Pen. Buy it, I promise you, I promise you, I promise you, you will not be disappointed. You will not be able to put the book down. If you ride to work, if you're on the bus, if you're on the train, I I guarantee you within two weeks the book will be finished and done, and you'll be asking yourself, wow, who is this woman? Especially when you hear her minister and preach and when you talk and tell her testimony. It is amazing what God has done in her life and how he's using her to bless us. Um, I mean, you you, you have really uh, uh, blessed me tonight, Jamika. I mean, with everything that you've gone through that I know of and, and, and how you've handled yourself and carried yourself, what is next? Where's where's the next move uh, uh, for you? Where, where where do you see yourself going in the, in the in the near future here, besides the, the movies and and, and, uh, and the promotion of, of, of book, where, where do you see yourself going from here? Um, Kelly, um, I'm just very um, blessed to be alive and to be free, not, you know, held in bonds. And I just have a day-to-day walk, and I'm just about kingdom agenda. You know, my purpose is to win souls for God. And that's what I do. And um, every day I just try to witness and share my story and try to win a soul for Jesus. So I just take it day by day. I just live for today. Tomorrow's not promised to me, but I know today. I just pray that, you know, by me being on your show, that someone was touched and someone heard my story and and a life would be changed. And, and that's my mission, just to, if I can just touch one person, then I can say mission accomplished. And I can say God gets the glory because the things that he's done in my life, I can't keep my story to myself. I have to tell the world that he saved a little girl like me to help save somebody else from going down the path that I went through. So to God be the glory for the things that he has done on this day. That's amazing. That is a wonderful testimony, and, and definitely I agree with you wholeheartedly. I, I just sit there and say, you know, it is, you know, God's glory that, uh, and He gets the glory, and we have to remember to give Him the glory each and every time uh, that we wake up, that we're able to get through the day, the things we do, and I, I certainly admire the fact that. Uh, it's a, a day-by-day 
walk for you. Not a five years down the road, I'm going to be doing this. And next week and next year, I'm going to be doing this and doing this. It, it's amazing. And I, I'm just so grateful and proud of you and thankful to you to, to taking the time out uh, of your schedule because uh, you're in L.A. It's what, uh, 5 o'clock, uh, going on 6 o'clock there. And, uh, you know, Eight o'clock, nine o'clock here on the East Coast. So I, I appreciate you taking the time out uh, of, of your schedule and, and joining us and talking with us. Um, you have uh, uh, your book is on Amazon. Uh, tell us where we can get in contact with you. Give us a you know, give us your website. Give us your you know where the book is. Tell us you know, tell us what we need to do so that we can continue to keep you in our prayers. Continue to to lift you up and, and strengthen you and, and bless you in your ministry. Kelly, first of all, thank you for um, having me on your show. Um, to God be the glory. And my, you can visit um, me and follow me on Twitter, Jamika Harrison, or you can Facebook me, Jamika Harrison. My web page is S-C-E-M, the number 7, dot org, and you can see um, what's going on with me and follow me for different things that's going on. That's S C E M the number seven dot org. That's my web page. And you can um read more about me and if you'd like to have an autographed copy of my book, just visit me on my web page. That's S C E M the number seven dot org. Perfect. So the book is being sold through your web page. Yes, you can get it on my web page or Amazon dot com. Uh, if you want a Perfect. personal autograph, you can go to my web page. Absolutely. So please join her, follow her on Twitter and Facebook. That's Jamika Harrison. Uh, certainly go to her website. We want to make sure that uh, everyone who, if you know somebody that needs, you know, needs it, if you have someone incarcerated, uh, get them that book and send it to them. I, I, I promise you, it will be something that will certainly lift their spirits and 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 possibly if not uh, uh, certainly help them turn their life around to where they too can see that there is life after death, if you will, uh, especially uh, when it's death to sin and we get rid of all that that, that uh, the enemy tries to wrap us up in because it's only his plot to try to abort our process and abort, abort our, our, our destiny which he tried to do to you, but obviously you didn't give up. You kept going to me. And if you have any loved ones in prison, um, any sisters or mothers or daughters in jail, please go to my website at S-C-E-M, the number seven, dot org, and give me their information. I would love to write them and encourage them and send them a word of hope each month. Absolutely. I want to thank everyone for tuning in this afternoon and, and listening in to us, certainly you are welcome to go to my website. That's www.blackpoliticstoday. Join in and, and send us anything that uh, you need to have. Uh, we would love to have your support. You can uh, hit us up on our contact page and make a small donation, contribution to our, our program and, and what we're trying to do here. We love your help and support. We need it. So certainly uh, we would ask if you want to continue to help us uh, 
provide uh, informative information and get guests on the show, go to our website, www.blackpoliticstoday, and click the donate button and, and write us with a small contribution uh, to help us continue the show and continue funding it the way we need to. Thank you so much. look forward to hearing from you next time. Thank you for listening to Black Politics Today, an eye for what's at stake in global politics, with your host, Kelly Michael Williams. Until next time, follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook.